What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. We know it has to work for our customers, for all drivers, anytime, anywhere. Right. And so if you've got a driver with a flip phone, they still need to be able to engage with our product. Our customers, our business customers, they don't want to deal with multiple different platforms and products and solutions or have one-off situations with their driver. They just want it to always work. Turn my mic up. Take there. Yeah, yeah, uh. On the road to the riches. Life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. Hustle fam, hustle fam. We are back with another amazing episode. And today I have a very, very special guest. I am here on location at Road Sync. I am sitting here with Miss Robin Gregg, the CEO. How are you, Robin? I'm doing great. It's great to have you here. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me. Beautiful campus, beautiful location. I, I got the tour. Okay. Oh, I got to check out the uh, the little road runner in the front. That was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we can show the audience that a little bit later. But uh, you know, thank you for having me again. Uh, we are here today to talk about Road Sync. What you guys are doing. You guys are revolutionizing and, and kind of modernizing uh, payment solutions, right? Is, yep. is, that, is that the way you would say it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, cool. So um, very, very interesting story. We're going to get into it. But first, let's kind of, you know, introduce yourself. Let's talk yep. about, you know, where you're from, your backstory a little yep. bit. Yep. And tell us a little bit about RoadSync so the audience, you know, kind of knows what we're going to get into. Yeah, no, no, I'd love to. So, um, so a little bit about me. I have been in payments for a really, really long time. So a little over 15 years. I started my career at Capital One, um, working on like a medical lending product and really learned a little bit about how consumers and businesses handle payments for their business purposes. Um, had a great run there, but wanted to do something entrepreneurial. So I actually joined a startup called Revolution Money in Tampa Bay, Florida. Okay. Um, it was in 2008-9, and it was just a very crazy year because I don't know if you remember the crash in 2008-9. We remember. So not <laughs> such a great time to be in a venture-backed business in Florida. That's actually where the business was based. Okay. Um, but it was a really good experience. I realized I liked being in an entrepreneurial environment. And we ended up actually selling that business to Amex. Amex wanted to move us all to New York. I'm not really a New Yorker. Uh, so I reconnected with another Capital One alum who was running a company called Fleet Corps. And this is really how I got into commercial payments and uh, logistics-related payments. Um, Fleet Corps is the world's largest provider of fuel payment solutions for both the trucking industry as well as any industry that has um, commercial vehicles. And so I really got to see firsthand how blue-collar businesses handle payments um, what their challenges are around dealing with employee expenses and, you know, really worked on how much of a challenge it could be to distribute products, uh, to create easy to use products and really learned a lot. I had a seven year career there. Um, I ran a piece of their business. I ran their direct field card business here in the U.S. Um, and after seven years, I really wanted to do something entrepreneurial again um, and ended up taking over RoadSync. And um, RoadSync at the time was tiny. It was about five people. Um, we, uh, were op op operating out of an incubator here, okay. just down the street on Georgia Tech's campus. 
and uh, had only had some pilots in market. And I got to see firsthand how people were, um, how hard it was as for truckers to pay for stuff. So the first use case that we worked on was um, when truckers go to grocery or food distribution centers, sometimes they'll encounter a lumper. And so they have to figure out a way to pay a lumper fee. And it's really common to use some sort of fleet check or money order or cash. And if you do that, you have to call dispatch. You then have to hand over a check. Somebody has to call in and verify the check. And some of these facilities were just dumping checks into boxes. Right. And then somebody's job was to take those to the bank at the end of the night. And so it was just very, very difficult for both the people accepting the checks, the people who had to use the checks. Drivers sometimes got stuck trying to figure out a way to pay. Yeah. And what the company had done was really created an easy-to-use solution that was like kind of like a point-of-sale system, kind of like Square. Um, what do they rename it to now? What's Square now? It's like Block or something. Did you see that? Did they rename? I think they're going to rename it. Wow. To something. I think Square is going to take over the world. I have. Uh, I think Square is going to be really, really huge. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, because Square is only for consumer-facing payments, right. really, and right. so. What, what was needed was a point-of-sale experience that worked for logistics-related payments that could right. handle fleet checks and fuel cards. And so that's really what, what we created. Um, I took over the company that at 2017 when I saw sort of what they were what they were doing. We rebranded it. The company was actually originally named My Lumper. Um, okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> good, and I, good choice in changing the name. I yep. Like that. I, well, and, you know, Lumper was such a small thing that we could do. I mean, right, there's right, so right. many other payments around driver expenses. Right. And so really put the company on the course of figuring out how to more broadly handle payments that drivers encounter. So we handle today um, heavy truck repairs, towing, uh, maintenance, truck washes, lumper fees, late fees at cold storage facilities. I mean, pretty much anything outside of fuel that drivers might encounter, we can actually help automate those. And we help automate it on the person receiving the money side, as well as make it easier for the driver to pay, to capture a digital receipt, to get reimbursed. We actually have a new driver app that we just launched about 30 days ago that allows drivers to um, capture basically like an expensify, but an easy way for drivers to capture their receipts and get reimbursed. Okay. And we're just making the whole thing easier for everybody. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, well, thank you for that. That yeah. was a, a great explanation of the company. So let's kind of take it back to the beginning of you kind of taking over RoadSync. I want to yep. just kind of get into the details of that a little bit. Yeah. So you said you you had a use case where you started looking into um, the, the way drivers were receiving payments. Did you actually like get in touch with a physical driver out there? Like, how did you guys do that experimentation and go about that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the the first thing that we really had focused on, one of the first things that the company did before I was here was that they actually focused more on getting drivers some way to issue payments. Okay. And what was hard about that was, and it was the way they were going to, the vehicle they were using to do it was a driver app. So okay. all drivers had an app and there'd be this way for a payment to be automatically issued. So the driver wouldn't have to call dispatch. That was, that was the first trying to try at this solution. Okay. And the problem is this, I mean, you know, the trucking industry is super, 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 super fragmented. Drivers are very transient. They might work for somebody else. They might work for a bunch of different brokers. And so like really having enough um, consistency for the drivers was, was just very difficult. And so that was a weird place to start. And so what we realized was an easier place to start was the people that accepted the payments also had a problem. Okay. And, you know, that's when the experimentation happened on like what could we provide to them to make it easier for them to accept and track payments 
And if they can accept payments faster, that also benefits the driver because the driver's not sitting there for 15, 20 minutes waiting for a payment to be verified okay. and, and sort of collected. So that's that was sort of, we kind of had gone back and forth and talked to a lot of customers. Like I said, when I took over the company, we were a pilot in pilot in about five different customer sites um, a di- across cold storage, food distribution, grocery. And so it had a couple of different ways that we were trying to go about it. Did, did you did you look to attract certain types of customers specifically uh, or did you just kind of yep. go like like kind of broad? Yeah. I mean, we're, what we've looked for is we realized that um, fleet checks is sort of a, 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 a lightning rod in some ways, okay. right? Because they're kind of clunky and hard to use and accept. And so we've been looking for pl- people who were accepting fleet checks. Okay. And so those are the type of merchants that we're trying to support are people who are mobile, who may not really have... Like if you're on an unloading dock accepting payments, you can't have like a point of sale system, <laughs> right. right? You can't have like a, you know, checkout window. Like it's just, it's not conducive to that. They're doing it on their phone. They're doing it on a tablet. Correct. And so we're looking for places where that's kind of the experience. Okay. Because that's, those are the people who are most needy in terms of needing something better to accept payments. Got you. What was the initial feedback that you kind of got when they started actually implementing these processes? Yeah. I mean, people really loved it. I mean, it was amazing to me how simple, I mean, our first product, and this is true for like a lot of companies who are really early stage. I mean, it was basically like a glorified Google form or something, okay. right? It was not a very sophisticated initial product. Gotcha. But we really, the customers loved it. They just loved having something to be able to track these types of payments and um, just really needed the convenience and the reporting and, you know, had been underserved, quite frankly, in, in having someone think about what would make it easier for them. Gotcha. What were some of the initial bumps in the road? Because I know all right, guys, Truck and Hustle has now partnered with Transpo CFO, powered by Venning. Transpo CFO offers a streamlined monthly subscription for businesses to consolidate their accounting, payroll, and tax needs into one flat monthly rate, saving businesses a tremendous amount of time and money while making their financial operations much smoother for the long road ahead. Check out Transpo CFO in the description below and tell them Truck and Hustle sent you. Now, let's get back to the show. But couldn't have been perfectly smooth, right? You said you kind of started out with a really basic kind of right. type form, right? right? So what were some of the bumps in the road? What are some of the things you had to iterate in order to make it perfect? Yeah, I mean, we're handling people's money and, it, you know, at, at pretty large scale. And so to have a fairly young company handling large transaction volume and moving money is hard. Right. I mean, that's just hard. You have to get it right. And so not having the right reporting and the right... Um, tracking can be very difficult. So we were always sweating that. Like okay. we were always sweating, like, <laughs> did we get it right? Did we make a mistake? Did yeah. we, you know, were we down? Like if we, if we go down and we can't accept payments for six hours, that's somebody's revenue. A hundred percent. And they're going to be pretty ticked off. And so j- just trying to do all, deal with all the things that like a startup deals with, but also being uh, aware of the fact that you're handling people's money. I think amps up the risk. Early, did you have any situations like that where you had something went down and you had oh, a customer yeah. call and scream? Oh, like, yeah. Well, can you tell us about that? Yeah. About so that? I think the, the craziest thing that happened to us was we um, we were handling, basically processing fleet checks on behalf of people. Okay. And we were not able to deposit the fleet checks through our kind of a, you know, everyone does like a remote deposit sort of thing. So you just kind of scan it all in and and that you can deposit your checks that way. We weren't able to do it. it. went down. Our bank's remote deposit 
system went down. Right. And they couldn't fix it. And so we had to, and it's a bank that does not have a branch in Atlanta. Okay. So we had to fly a person with the checks. To oh, wow. We had to go, manual checks. Yes. Yes. To make, to make a deposit. We had to By fly. any means necessary. That's right. We had to fly somebody. We're like scrambling and we had to fly somebody to San Francisco to be able to deposit checks. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, it was, it was insane that we wow. had to do that. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So, so, you know, trucking and logistics is typically a very antiquated business, right? People are, uh, not very, uh, they don't like to change, right? right? How, how do you, when, when you're trying to make change and you're trying to kind of change the way people do things, how, how do you, how do you guys go about doing that? Yeah, we are very aware that the user experience has to be just amazingly simple, easy to use, um, very intuitive. And so we spend a lot of time making sure that people can use our app and our solutions with no training whatsoever. Gotcha. Right. I think that's super important because even if you think about not just the, the trucking industry, but our vendors, like warehouses have a massive turnover. Yeah. Um, heavy truck repair and maintenance technicians also have a lot of turnover. And so the, we, we are aware that we always have new people using our product and they're not probably going to be trained and not going to watch training videos and stuff like that. So they really need to be able to just have the app be very intuitive. And the way we do that is we do, emulate consumer experiences that are going to be familiar. I mean, even if people aren't very digital, they're digital in some ways. Like right. my mom is on Facebook all the time. <laughs> right, right, right. I, you know, she can do anything on Facebook. Like she's a pro, um, but you know, she, <laughs> she can't download apps on her own phone. So right. like, you know, it's people, people figure out ways to be digital. Gotcha. And so we just have to understand where the customers are and make this to feel intuitive to them. So that's one way we address it. Okay. Um, and then you just have to solve a real problem. Right. I mean, you're not going to go anywhere if you're not solving a real problem or if you're not sort of, you don't feel natural in sort of the flow that they're in. And right. so we've thought about that too. Like we want to make sure that our product always works. So one of the examples there is, um, we have a new product that we're helping, um, you know, helping with sort of issuance of payments and we support the driver can actually reach us for support through phone, through text through a web form, through our app. Like we support all of those because we know it has to work for our customers, for all drivers, anytime, anywhere. Right. And so if you got a driver with a flip phone, they still need to be able to engage with our product. And so we think we have to design things like that, just being aware of how the industry works. That's great that you guys are thinking like that. Cause like you said, everybody's not as advanced. You know what I mean? That's right. So like there are still guys out there with flip phones. You'd be surprised how many drivers still have I know. Nokia slide flip phones. I mean, yeah. they're out there. Oh, they're, they're totally out there. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just an evolution and it's going to take sure. a while. And so, you know, but, but our customers, our business customers, they don't, don't want to deal with multiple different platforms and products and solutions or have one-off situations with their driver. They just want it to always work. And so no matter what we're doing and how, what we bring to market, we think about it that way because we just have to understand where people are and they're, you know, technical journey. Right, it's right, right. not all going to be a hundred percent. I love in the app. Yeah, right. I mean, it's not, that's, that's not the way the world works. Yeah. No, nah, I got you. Yeah. Let, let's talk about growing a business. You said when you, when you first got started, you first took over, yep. you said you worked with a, a few uh, shippers, right? Like about four or five. What was it? Uh, four or five. We were actually on the vendor side. So vendor four, side. Like Sorry. warehouses and, and customers. So, yep. so you started with the warehouses and the yep. customers. So 
talk about the journey. Where you started there. Where did you guys kind of transition and move forward to? Because just talk about how we built to get to where we're at today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, first of all, it's probably worth noting we're uh, we're a venture backed company. Um, I have raised just under forty million dollars for the the company uh, to date. Okay. Um, when I took it over, the company had not yet. Re- yet raised venture money, but it had a little bit of angel funding. Okay. Um, and, and so my goal when I took it over was to sort of see like, did we have a monetizable product that would be able to attract our first venture round? Mm -hmm. And so I focused the first four to five months of the business, really making sure that we were in a spot where we could raise our seed round. And so in early 2018, we raised two and a half million dollars. And that's really where we started to focus on um, product extensions into new segments, proving that it's not just warehouse customers that want this, but it's also heavy truck repair and towing customers. We also started to work on our sales process. So hiring our very first sales team, figuring out what the sales mechanics look like, right. um, which is different. Like this is not like selling a, you know, digital marketing solution to digital marketers where it could be all online and very hands-off. Right. I mean, this is, this is the transportation industry. It's a lot People, of moving parts. And they do a lot on their phones. Yeah. That's like, if you want to reach someone, you're still best chance is going to be that you get them on the phone. Yeah. And that's not how venture back companies usually sell stuff. Right. I mean, it's usually paid search and just starting to think about online. And I think you can reach these customers online, but it's really, I mean, as you know, you're reaching people online, <laughs> correct? but it's different. It's not, it's just, it's not like selling a typical enterprise software solution. Right. So we've spent a lot of time focusing on getting that right, putting our, our investment dollars there. And, um, you know, we raised our series a in, in 2019, 2020, I closed on that and got the check last check on that, like seven days before the world stopped with the pandemic. Oh, wow. Um, so felt very, very, very lucky. <laughs> For sure. Right. Just, For sure. Right. Cause I mean, the world stopped. I mean, you, we, we all lived it. So the world stopped for 60 to 90 days and like I, it would have been very difficult to complete a fundraising round in that environment. Yeah. Um, and then we raised more money earlier this year to, to continue that our growth. And it's really been about expanding product, expanding our product and engineering we do almost all of our development onshore and um, continuing to build out our sales organization. Got you. Did you have a background in, in venture, like raise, raising money? I had never raised a single dollar in venture in my entire life. Um, yeah, no, that was like a huge experience, interesting experience for me. Can, can you talk about that? Like yeah. what, what made you even look to that as an option? Did you like know someone else or did someone introduce you to somebody? Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, so I was super lucky that I was in the incubator that I mentioned on Georgia Tech's campus. Okay. So they were good at sort of connecting people with sources of, of capital. Um, you know, Atlanta has probably um, a little less of fewer than 10 VCs that focus on the Atlanta market. Okay. Um, but I ended up raising all the money outside of Atlanta. Most of our money is from, is from Silicon Valley or, or New York. And, um, you know, I, I just talked to a lot of other entrepreneurs here in Atlanta who had successfully raised funds and just kind of learned how they went about it. And I learned that it was, um, it's a sales process, right? It's, I mean, and that's actually what I've learned about being a CEO in general. Is this <laughs> right. like all sales? You're all a salesperson. Time. I'm right. a salesperson. I tell people it's all, I sell our investors, right. I sell customers, I sell employees to right. come and work here. Right. Right? I am sales all day long. All day long. All day long. <laughs> and so once I conceived of the whole like investor thing as a sales process, it, 
it made it easier for me. Mm. Um, when I raised our seed round, I think I probably talked to a hundred different firms. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Same, same spiel over same and over Same spiel again, right? over and over again. So like, I just had locked myself in the room and just like <laughs> pitch after pitch after pitch, got right. the feedback. Um, and then over time you just have to change it. I mean, I used to have to do things like record myself to see how I'm, you know, coming across, get better at it. Yeah. Um, tweak the pitch, hear what the feedback is. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it is, it's, I mean, it's just a sales process in got some you. ways. Um, but it was, I mean, it was interesting. It was hard. I mean, it's not, um, you know, you get a lot of no's. <laughs> you can't, you could get 95 no's or 96 no's right. and be like, I am like just killing it. I am awesome. Right. right. You know, but you have to like keep on going. Yeah. And, um, and so it, I, at some point learned to have fun with it Okay. and kind of be like, I'm going to just have really interesting conversations about my business with right. all these smart people who see lots of interesting other businesses. Right. And, have no expectation. It's kind of like dating, right? You know, you know it's probably not going to work out, but, you know, I get a free dinner out of it, so it's fine. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of positive affirmations, right? That's right. What, what, what are some of the, the, I guess, like the KPIs or the, the things that investors are looking for when, when you try to raise money? What, what are you yep. pitching to them? Yeah, I mean, part of it is like, what is, what, how are they thinking about the sector, right? And so, you know, one of the things that I think is interesting right now is freight tech is white hot. I mean, just white hot 100%. right now. 100%. It's crazy how much money is going into freight tech. But when I was raising, end of 2017, people were like, I'm, trucking companies are never going to change. <laughs> They're never going to adopt anything. This industry is never going to change. Right. It's so hard to sell into. It's so fragmented. We don't understand it. Like I would spend every pitch educating people on, here's how the market's structured and here's what a broker is and here's how, what an owner operator is. And you'd have to have like this educational conversation on every conversation right? Uh, and explain why the industry is the way it is. And, um, it, but that chain has changed just amazingly in the last six to 12 months. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and people are getting interested in more things. So I would say the first wave was sort of digital brokers, right? Like the convoys, the convoys yep. um, you know, Fast follower was sort of visibility. People like four kites and Project 44. So like, where's the freight? Um, another thing that started to get hot after that was sort of, you know, people who are doing e-commerce shipping solutions. So yeah. you see, we see a lot of activity there. Yeah. But right now, I mean, I'm seeing a lot in payments. I mean, there is a lot of stuff like we were one of the early ones, but there's a lot of activity in payments. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, activity in next gen TMS solutions. Um, drive creative ways to recruit drivers, retain drivers, almost create like a trucking company in a box yeah. sort of solution right, is right. really hot right now. Right. So it's been really interesting seeing how it evolves. And I think I got off topic because you had asked <laughs> no, me originally, like what investors were looking for. But I think the, the interest in the sector has just come, uh, you know, just completely changed. Right. And, and so that's helped a lot, especially for the later rounds. Right. Um, in the early rounds, what people wanted to see is that you had something that people wanted, right? Did you have something that customers were excited about and they would rave about that they would miss if it was gone? Were people willing to pay for it? Did you have an economic model that works? I mean, it, especially for like really, really early stuff, people are just looking for green shoots right. of there's some magic happening there that looks promising. And then they also have to just like you. Right. Like as a as a leader 
and they have to like your management team. They just have to like what you're bringing. They have to think that you're gritty and you're going to stick with it. Mm. I mean, the the startup journey is a, usually a story of the five times you almost died, right? <laughs> and, <You're> right. <laughs> That's funny. And, I've heard that so much times. It's like it's like this uh, microwave type of you know pitch. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. And and so it's just it, they have to know that you're going to just hang in there. <laughs> And, you know, the good news about me is I am, I'm a native West Virginian. I was the first person in my family to graduate from college. I had no idea. I've never seen anybody do the things that I'm doing today <laughs> right. as a child. Like, right. so this was never on my radar and I just it was always too stubborn to quit. And so that, got, that took me out of the state, go, went to college outside the state doing all sorts of crazy jobs that I never expected I would do. I went, ended up going to Harvard Business School and I didn't think any of those things were possible. And so I think all of that, that upbringing and just, you know, just not knowing what my limits were or just right. not willing to acknowledge them has been helpful in the startup world. Awesome. So, yeah. And a great story as well. Yeah. Do, do you do you connect a lot with a, uh, with your peers in the freight tech space? I mean, are, are you guys? Yeah. Are you guys networking? Are you guys sharing ideas? Tell me like how that works, because obviously this is an ecosystem that we're creating for everybody. Right. Yep. So how yep. do you guys go about building off of each other? Yeah, it really depends on sort of the segment. But I would say, yes, for the most part, they are very we are helpful to one another, especially if we're not in competitive segments. Um, and the way that we share information is you should kind of share information about go to market strategies. Cause again, I think we talked a little bit about this, like figuring out how to sell into this industry is, is pretty hard. And so that's a really great way to kind of share learnings with other people. Yeah. Um, we have a philosophy of, um, partnering with anyone and everyone. Um, we actually partner with the incumbent fuel card and fleet check solutions. We're partnering with both Calm Data and with EFS. And we are, we want to be open. We kind of want to be sort of like Stripe or just connect right. a bunch of different other platforms into ours. So we're very open to it. Not everybody is. Um, but I think <laughs> that there's so many legacy systems and also new emerging systems and ways that you could be partnering that having that mindset, especially in this industry, is helpful. And to your point, like you're building an, an ecosystem for the overall benefit of the transportation industry. So like, the more you're sharing, the yeah. better the outcome's going to be. A hundred percent. A large segment of our audience are owner operators. Yep. Right? They listen. If, if if you were to speak to them directly, could you kind of make them understand how uh, how RoadSync will will help them in their in their everyday lives, right? And just because uh, obviously you have a solution, so just explain to them what was broken before, yep. and, and how you guys are fixing it for them. Yeah, I, I would say for the typical driver or owner operator. Previously, if you were having to pay for anything outside of fuel, the merchant or vendor or service provider that you were engaging with made it really hard to pay and made it very hard to get a digital receipt so you could track your expenses. And so we make that easier for them to track their business expenses, to be able to submit those expenses on to another carrier or a broker and to really have visibility on all of the weird stuff that you have to do and you encounter when you have a load. And I mean, what's interesting is um, every single load is a, basically a business trip. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And so right. if you were to go to any other industry, like I was a management consultant for a little while in my early twenties and, you know, I, I had to, track them all, all my receipts. I had a corporate card. I 
but I never worried, oh, does this airport accept uh, Amex or Visa so that I can have my flight paid for? Or, you know, can I pay for this, you know, now with a taxi cab with a credit card? But a driver actually could go someplace and not know how – not know how to pay right. for something. Right. Or, or have to call somebody else to figure it out. Like, that's crazy. We would never sit through the airport and wait for our employer to call in a check to pay for our flight. Right. But that's sort of the experience that a driver has for a lot of these expenses that they confront on a regular basis. And it's just silly. Like it should, it's just, <laughs> it shouldn't silly. be that difficult. Yeah, right? they shouldn't be that difficult. It's silly. So, so we're, we're fixing that. And want, they should, it should be as easy for them as it is for any other professional. Got you. So right now we're having an emergence of cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. um, blockchain technology. Can you talk about, you know, where is RoadSync? Are you guys thinking about that? Are you guys ahead of that? How, yep. how is that going to impact your business? What are you guys doing to kind of implement that into your business plan? <laughs> the real answer is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, Robin. You know, so it's interesting. I, I think there's a lot of opportunity with blockchain, especially for contracts and, and things like that. And I, I think there is an opportunity in the transportation industry. But we're just talking about like routine payments that drivers mm. are facing. And you could, you know, you could put that on a blockchain, have a distributed ledger for our transactions. We could accept cryptocurrency. We were just talking about drivers not wanting to download an app and still using flip phones, and you want me to tell them to pay in a cryptocurrency? Like, what are you talking about? Touche, touche. You're I mean, right. You're you know, right. We're I putting the cart in front of the horse. A I know. I was like, no, like, come on. Like, I mean, we're watching it, yeah, right? I mean, yeah. we're watching it, and we want to, we're interested in what's happening. I, we want to make sure we are smart about what's going on in the industry. Certainly, have some applications, but. Yeah. Not, not in my space. <laughs> got you, got you. In terms of costs, let's get back to the owner operator. Are there any costs associated with with using your platform that people should be aware of? Um, can you talk about that a little bit, or is it just a free platform? Just talk about that for the driver. It's free. So okay. the the expense tool, the expense management and submission tool for the driver is totally free. Um, you know, so they can they can use that however they want. We're working on adding more solutions for the drivers so that they can do things like um, have access to capital. So we do have a roadside capital solution that's connected in the app. Obviously, they have to pay for that. Like, right. You know, I don't give away free money. Um, <laughs> right. I know. I'd be really popular if I did. You would be. You I know. Be. I have to raise another hundred million in venture money to be able to do that. Gotcha. Um, but uh, but but yeah. So so um, we we make our money off of working with the vendors. Um, and, and sort of, or the drivers, employers, brokers, and car- larger carriers who use our platform, mm. um, or the things that the drivers would buy through kind of experiencing, uh, using our solution. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Talk about, uh, the, the team here at RoadSync. Uh, yeah. How many employees you guys have? Yeah. Please give us an idea. Of- yeah. We have a little under a hundred people. Um, almost all of them are here in Atlanta. Um, Atlanta is like a fantastic market for both logistics and fintech talent. And um, I felt really strongly about having this be an Atlanta company and really building out the Atlanta community and ecosystem. Um, so we were primarily here. Um, we invested in this great office in Midtown. Most of our employees will come in part-time, even during the pandemic. They've been coming in at least the last couple of months. They've been coming in three to four days a week. Right. Um, about 50 to 60% of our staff come in. Okay. Um, which has been great. It's been great for the camaraderie. 
Um, and we've grown a lot. I mean, I think two thirds of the company has been hired in 2021. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay, cool. So for someone listening right now and they want to come up with a solution for the transportation industry, they want to break into FinTech. Obviously there's a a lot of upside, a lot of opportunity. What would you tell them? How, how would you tell them they should be thinking what they should be thinking about? Um, you know, just to kind of give them a little bit of assist on where their mind frame should be. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, first of all, you follow the pain, right? Like what are the things that are really frustrating to large pieces of the ecosystem and that actually matter, right? There's a lot of stuff that just looks broken. Like you can kind of look at things and be like, oh, they really shouldn't use a paper whatever for that. But like if, if, if there's not pain or really inconvenience around it, it's hard to get people to motivate and change. It probably have to be part of a larger solution. So I, I just, I think look for meaningful problems that are either, are, will actually usually make people money or let them save money if you improve it. Mm. Cause that's what people care about, right? I mean, it has to be something that's sort of, uh, really foundational. So I think if you sort of see where things have been really happening in freight tech, it's usually around sort of massive efficiency gains or s- saving money and saving time in a way that will reap you know more more money or more efficient or more uh just being more profitable efficiency for something yeah profitable. right or you see it where it's like it's mandated by regulation so like the like um, ELDs or a, just a core safety issue mm. and so you basically like you, you know the stuff that actually has worked it's like the government makes you do it you're going to die if you don't have it or it'll make you more money. <laughs> right. And so I think when you think about like what's going to work for a new technology solution, that's sort of the things you should be thinking about. Like, is the government going to make somebody do it? it, it will somebody die if we don't have it? Or, you know, are we going to make somebody more money or save them meaningful money? Like and that. that's really where you see, there's some magic. So I encourage people to look for that and then make sure the problem is big enough. Um, it could be like a, a little problem to start with that has a lot of other problems you can bolt onto it, mm. or, you know, it, it could just be a big problem to start, but just, you know, look for something that actually has some heft. So, you know, solving a really painful, but tiny problem isn't going to be, you know, a very big business unless, unless it's okay. You want to do a bootstrap business and, and kind of have something that I've seen a lot of people do very cool things with three people create a couple million dollar revenue company, totally bootstrapped, funded themselves, and they're able to sell it to a larger entity. That's a great way to go. You don't right. need to do what I did. Right. Like, I got bosses. <laughs> Those people don't have bosses. Right. So, right, right. you know, I think either path can be very, very profitable and, and an interesting way to run a business and build a business. But you got to know which one you have. Got you. I love that. Can you talk about how many users you guys have currently using RoadSync and then kind of like the path, you know, where you guys are heading, what the projections are, what you see coming in the future? Yeah. I mean, our goal is to triple over the next 12 months. Um, We have about 1,200 accepting merchant locations. Um, We are used by just under 100,000 people each and every month. Wow. Um, And so, I mean, I... Almost all of the drivers that hear this will probably have interacted at a road sync location. I mean, it is very likely that somebody has had a transaction at one of our, our merchant locations. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. What sets you apart from some of the other payment solutions that are out there? What are you guys doing differently? Yeah, I think one of it is that we do partner with some of the incumbents. So the fact that we accept EFS and Com Data cards and fleet checks is really, really important. Um, we are the only mobile platform that does that. And we... 
they, a lot of people use their products, right? So this is something that's already in the driver's wallets. And we think that's important because it's kind of a pain to have to set up a new account, have a new thing to reconcile. And so we already flip, flip, fit into what people are using today. So we think that's super important. Um, I think our approach around um, integrating with other partners and platforms beyond fuel cards. So, you know, really thinking about how to integrate into other TMS solutions, other back office solutions for our vendor groups um, is another way that we're, we're differentiated. And, um, you know, I think that we are very focused on creating an experience for all pieces of this transaction. So like the driver, the merchant accepting it, as well as the carrier and broker, we consider all of them to be our customers. Mm. And I think that that's important too. Like the driver is the kind of linchpin in this experience. Like they, they are at the center of each of these transactions. And 100%. so we think it's important that they have a really good experience and they like it too. Got you. What, what's the product that you guys are working on developing within the next couple of months? Something that if you give me some insight into it, that maybe hasn't hit the scene yet, but something you guys are working on right now. Yeah. Our big one right now we call Advance. It is a spend management platform for carriers and brokers, and it makes it easy for them to pre-authorize and issue uh, payments to drivers for all sorts of things, for basically anything. Okay. So it basically lets them uh, send drivers a quick text message. And when a driver gets to a facility and needs to make a payment, they just click on the text message, fill out a form, and they get a, a way to pay that'll work at that facility. Or they'll get a fuel advance or they'll get um, a payment to pay for a repair. I mean, just allows allows all those things to sort of be pre-wired and then captures all of the documentation the receipts and sort of sends it on back to the, the carrier and broker at the end of it. Wow. That's so it just awesome. really makes it easy. Cause right today, those transactions could be five to 10 phone calls for the driver. A hundred percent. And they don't want to do that. That's time they're not driving. Got you. Got you. And this is app. You guys have an app, right? App base. Mm -hmm. yep. So just yep. download it on your phone. Uh, yeah. Well, so this one's, um, this one's sort of more for, um, it's, it's a part of the experience for the drivers, the Uber Sync driver, which is an app. But it's a, a web application okay. for the brokers and carriers. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Got you. Awesome. Um, I, I think we've covered a lot here. We Robin. did. I, I think we kind of covered it all. You know, before we go, I definitely want to, um, which is two things. We have to always get your final thought. And what the okay. final thought is just something inspirational, like your quote that you want to go down in history. Um, I want you to say it on this podcast, right? And then also let people know where they can connect with you and learn more about RoadSync and what you guys are doing and planning for the future. So let's start with, uh, let's start with the final thought. Oh, the final thought. Make it, it a good one. Oh, I know you, I know it's that's a good like one. high I, pressure I right there. Talk, that's talk, right. Talk to us. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think that we talked about this a little bit about my, the entrepreneurial journey and a lot of success is about just not quitting. And so I think that's important. Just, you know, if, if you really want something bad enough, just don't give up. I love that. I love that. And where can people connect with you and learn more about RoadSync? I am on all the social media. So I uh, LinkedIn is a great place to find me. So Robin Gregg is on where I am on LinkedIn. Um, on Twitter, I'm rgregg. So please follow me on Twitter. And um you know, people also welcome to email me, robin.greg at roadsync.com. Do you have like the tweet storms? Are you going crazy? I do on not Twitter? tweet storm. No, <laughs> no. You know, and I kind of think about it like, you know, maybe I, in my mind, I would like to be a, a tweet stormer <laughs> with profound thoughts. Right. But, but those, those profound thoughts usually don't happen at a time where I'm like actually 
Tweeting. Yes. Right? Right? Yeah. The deep thoughts happen like while I'm in the car dropping off my kids at school or something like that. There's like these professional tweeters like, when do you work? Yeah. They're like, what are you doing? (laughs) I don't understand. You you have time to put these long threads, but I know. Hey, that's cool. Everything's not for everybody, right? I know. Listen, Robin, this has been great. Thank you so much for inviting me to the campus. I had a great time meeting the team. Yeah. Uh, Hustle fam, you know what we do around this time. If you smell something burning, it's only your desire. Myself, Robin, the Rose Sync team, we are if you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle.